Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. So today we're kind of, I'm going to start off. Um, obviously, we're going into this season of Thanksgiving and just kind of reflecting and being with family and just kind of recognizing how blessed we really are. And um, one of the verses that God has given me to work on is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And over the last couple of months, God's really been um, showing me and wanting me to learn what it means to really take his word for what it is. And so when he says something in his word, be joyful, always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, what exactly does that mean? And, and how do you do that? Because, you know, there's a lot of circumstances that we come across that, um, honestly, it's why would I be thankful for that? Why would I give thanks for something that's tragic or something so stressful or whatever the case may be? Um, but then he reminds me that we can be thankful in those situations because he is in control. He's the one that guides and directs all of our lives. And for whatever reason you're going through a circumstance, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be health issues, whether it be the death of a loved one, Whatever that circumstance is, we're to give thanks because we can trust that he has a better plan, he's in control of it, and, and look at it as what lesson am I supposed to be learning through this? So when he says, be joyful always, pray continually, give, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is uh, God's will for you in Christ Jesus, you know, just kind of how do, how do we apply that to our everyday lives? How do we get up and go to our jobs every day and be joyful and praying continually and giving thanks? Um, I don't know, just kind of as we go into this season of Thanksgiving and the holidays, and, you know, I personally find it easier around this time of year to be thankful and to really see the blessings that God has given us well, why doesn't that carry over into the rest of the year? Right. No, that's a great thought because, you know, and, and I'm going to take a rabbit trail kind of, but it, it blends in. You know, when you start thinking about thankfulness and situations you're in, um, you know, I think back to a little over two years ago, uh, my best friend shot himself and I was the one that found him and had to call the sheriff's department. And, you know, um, what, what helped me get through a situation like that was, God, what are you trying to show me? Um, what, what are you trying to show me through this circumstances? Because I know this, this isn't your will and this isn't uh, the thing that you really want to happen and how you want to end. And um, I don't know. I, I just, it was one of those things to where the, I've applied that a lot of places in my life in bad situations, because it's very easy to get on the negative side, find all the bad reasons why not to be thankful. Mm. And just, and honestly, I had that, this was 30 years ago or 25. You can hear our dog wanting to get out of his kennel. Um, this is 25 years ago, uh, um, 
I was talking to somebody and she's like, man, Dave, you're negative. And I'm like, oh, I'm not negative. There's a fine line between being negative and realistic. And, you know, you, you don't really realize how you're, what's going on inside of you during these times. So what happens is you get on this trail and you become negative towards a lot of things instead of thankful. Um, I think it's, and that's an easy path to get down of, I wish I had more. I wish I had this. I wish I had, I wish I had, I wish my family got along more. I wish that we could all get together, but we can't because everybody hates each other, whatever the situation that's irrelevant. Um, but you know, your path of thought goes that way. So it's, it's almost impossible to be truly thankful. And that's what I've kind of found over the time is if it's, as you can tell, Zeus does not want to be in his kennel today, but it is what it is. Sorry. Um, when you're, when you're negative of what's happening, it's impossible to be truly thankful because you don't see all the little blessings. You're not willing to look at them. You're focused on one big blessing or one certain blessing. Or um, anyway, that that was kind of the thought because I think a lot of the times it's it's really up to God to show us who we are and why we're going, what we're to learn through this compared to what was me, life's horrible. And I'm not saying your life isn't horrible. That's not my point. My point is, though, only you can change what you're thinking. Well, and I think, too, you know, we can sit here and say, we're blessed, be thankful for your situation, be thankful for... Um, but we, right now, we're in a really good spot. We yeah. have our family, um, our, you know, our oldest daughter's coming home for the holidays. Um, we're all together. Yes, there's going to be empty chairs at the table. But in the whole big scheme of things, we're very blessed. We aren't alone. We aren't without, you know, we don't know what it's like to not have hope, um, really. And... So I think of people who, you know, we have a friend of ours who is estranged from their family, and I don't know what they're going to do um, these next couple of days during the holidays because they really have nowhere to go. And so how does that person give thanks when they're alone for the holidays or they, their family is so estranged that that's the last place they want to be? And I think... If you really, if that person would really step back and look at, they still are very blessed and they still have a lot to be thankful for. This particular person has their health. Um, they have a son. They, you know, and so for us, it's kind of easy to say, well, you know, during this time of year, we're thankful, we're blessed because we truly are. But what about those that aren't so fortunate or aren't so blessed? Um, how would this scripture of being joyful always, praying continually, um, give thanks in all circumstances applied to them? Because they see no hope. They are by themselves on a holiday that everybody's with family and celebrating. But I think a key part of that verse is to pray continually because that's what 
is you, you may not have the opportunity to be joyful or to give thanks, or you may not be able to find it, but you can pray um, and, and let God show you how you can be joyful and be thankful in the times that you don't feel like you can. But I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw back on a key, and you won't find me do this very often, but I'm going to make a statement that's true. Without Jesus, there is no hope. That's true. So if you don't have a relationship with him, figuring out what that looks like is number one. Um, and and I it just really kind of resonated with me that, you know, we need to clarify here. Um, you know, I see on, safe, on Facebook, um, you know, give me good vibes, pray for me, you know, kind of this general, whatever you do, do, you know, and... And uh, I, I do want to make the statement clear. The reason why we can be so thankful right now is because of Jesus. Because we were yes. not thankful 10 years ago for almost anything. Right. I mean, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I would say that's, that's probably true. I, I mean, mean, that's... We would say we were thankful, but that really, the, the true heart of being thankful wasn't there because this is wrong, this is wrong, we need this, we need this, you know, had a whole list. And, um, but at that time, I don't know, I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I mean, I was running from God at that point in time because I, I didn't want to do any of that. And so I, I'd like to start there, I guess, and I'm not going to preach on it for three days, but... Um, without Jesus, you have no hope. And, and that's just true. Um, becoming a Christian and having Jesus, does it get instantly easy? No. So let's clarify that one as well. Um, this isn't uh, some pastors that, well, if you give $50, they'll bless you beyond. Okay, we're, we're not going down that road. The Bible is very clear that um, trials and, and it'll actually be tougher being a Christian cause you got to deal with your old self. So, mm -hmm. but I, I, you know, to Susan's point, I think, um, you know, it's really about what you can change. You cannot change anyone else and they are going to be who they are. And that's kind of what I learned through our situation that I couldn't change her. I could only change me. Well, come to find out, I was the one that needed a huge amount of work um, because it, it was um, a very toxic relationship at one point in time. It was also very, uh, I was extremely negative. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of that. And that's not easy to say, but it's true. And so I think really when you get into this season, you're right. There are going to be people that push your buttons. There are going to be things you don't want to do. But but you're breathing. You know, that's what I told one guy. You, you haven't lost your child. Mm. Um, you can work because you haven't lost your leg. You know, there, it really depends on, you have talents to work. And, and I think sometimes just the, the bare basics we kind of get away from. I, here a couple of years ago, I was in the shower and I pray a lot in the shower. I, that's just kind of what I do. Um, and I was like, God, thank you for hot water. Mm. This shower would really suck Amen. with no hot water. And there's people in the world that don't have hot water. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, so I guess for me, it's kind of one of those things of, um, 
your perspective on your world predicts where you go. Well, and I have no doubt there's people out there that you have to, you have to find, literally dig to find something to be thankful for. Um, but like Jesus said, or like Jesus said, like David said, well, thank you. <laughs> if you are, don't have a, a, if you don't know Jesus, then it is going to be, it, it's, it's a matter of living in the light or living in darkness. When you don't have Jesus, you're living in darkness. You cannot find any hope. Everything is woe, oh, woe is me. Everything is dark. Everything is I don't have anything. Everything is I don't do da, da, da. Or look what they have that I don't. Yes. But when you, and it's not about, it's about, it's, it is about having a relationship with Jesus, not just a, I'm going to go to church or I'm going to go to a revival or I'm going to go to whatever Christian thing is going on. And I, if you could see me, I'm using quotes in the air. Um, it's about having a personal relationship, you personally having a personal relationship with Jesus and recognizing him that he is your father. And maybe you didn't have a good father figure, but he get in his word and read how good of a father he is. Um, and I just think sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, woe is me, right. that we forget that, one, there's people that have it a lot worse than we do, and two, you really are blessed, and you're just going through a season. And whatever that season is, God is going to teach you something if you're willing to receive that teaching. Yeah, and this is going to be a plug. Uh, we do a mission trip every year. We do three of them, actually, two in January, one in February, to Beautiful Feet Ministries. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, leave Friday morning back Sunday night. But my whole point in bringing that up is if you want to be humbled, when you go there and and you're, you're it's, it's a homeless ministry, so they feed them and have a worship service and different things and clothing. But when you have someone praising God mm. for the backpack they have mm. and the tent, um, they're not praising God because they got a half million dollar house and six cars. Mm -hmm. they're, they're praising God because they have a backpack and a tent. It, it's a very humbling place to make you realize how truly blessed you are um, having a roof over your head, having somewhere to rent that may not be choice A. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of one of those things that you just really, um, it's a humbling experience. It really is. And the thing is, you know, I, and that's what I've said all along about Beautiful Feet that amazes me more than anything is there are people that come to that church service with great sincerity who literally have nothing but what they can carry with them. And they praise and worship God better than those of us who have a roof over our head and can shower every day and drive new cars or whatever. And I think we get so caught up in materialistic things. And, you know, David and I, for a long, long time, live to please the world and to accumulate all these things so that the so that people would look at us like we've done something we've made something of ourselves and we wanted 
to be uh, accepted by the world around us because, um, and, and it was by accumulating all this stuff. Well, what that did was put us in over our heads in debt. Um, and for what reason? Not saying that that stuff wasn't fun, not saying that we didn't have a great time and make great memories, but we were doing it because we wanted to impress other people. Um, and then we would go to Beautiful Feet and be around all these people who are praising and worshiping Jesus with just what they have on their back or just what they can carry with them. And I'm just thinking, I don't praise God that well because I wasn't doing it for him. Like, it was more of a, I'm very much a people pleaser and God's working with me on that as well. But um, it's just kind of one of those things of all of this stuff that we accumulate is we can't take with us. It's just stuff. And it's just stuff. You know, and my mom and I were talking yesterday on the, I had to pick her up at the airport and we were talking about, um, you know, when, when thing, something happens to her and where's nobody wants her stuff and all of this. And that's the thing is, that's the whole point is we accumulate all our own stuff and then we get old hopefully, and we pass away, and then we have all this stuff that people either sell at pennies on the dollar or people fight over because they want this or they want that. And for what? You know, and, and, I, and the Bible speaks about how we accumulate all this stuff just to give it away or just to let somebody else have it, and it's, it's meaningless, the, the Bible describes it as. Well, and I think back to the time Susan was speaking, I, that we had a huge amount of stuff. Um, you know, and, and I can tell you from my perspective, it was what gave me worth or value. Um, that is what I felt like had to be done to prove I made it, have people like me. But that was also my value and my worth because I could say, hey, we own this, we own this, yeah, we own this, yeah, I've got two Harleys at Lake House. And, you know, um, and, and for the world, that's normal. Mm -hmm. that, that is extremely normal because God imprinted, a friend of mine said this, and it really impacted me. It's like when you were born, God took his hand and imprinted his hand shape into your chest. And nothing can fill that but his hand yes and so you put all this stuff in there and it doesn't matter whether you're whether it's stuff of value whether it's alcohol drugs it doesn't matter it, it can be anything that you try to fill that void with that hole that that just you don't feel full mm -hmm. and when when god touches and fills that hole then it becomes full. Then the stuff doesn't matter. You don't realize you need anything, or you do realize you don't need anything else. I literally woke up one day, and it was like, this has no value to me. It's stuff. And I went to Susan, and I said, I got a crazy idea. She's like, what's that? I said, I want to sell everything but the business. And she's like, Okay, what does that mean to you? Because I honestly thought that that would never, ever happen. Right. No, and, and it wouldn't have. I mean, God had to get in nice like everything. I want to sell both the Harleys, the lake house, the boats, the jet skis, our house, rental houses. 
downtown buildings, anything with cash value, my truck, I want to, I just want to cash out. And you know, um, that is, if you knew me 10 years ago, that was impossible. Mm-hmm. And literally, we went to selling everything because what I literally, I woke up one day and it had no value. I mean, zero value in my mind. Yeah, I mean, seriously. That and so, um, it's one of those things that that changes your perspective on Thanksgiving. Mm. Because now I was no longer thankful for having a 3,000 square foot house, having two Harleys, having a lake house, having a vehicle, having, having, having. I got a list of them. Um, And, you know, that transition changed what I was thankful for. It didn't happen overnight. It took time. Um, But it it eventually got to the point where we were in a rental house and I'm standing in the shower and thanking God for hot water. I mean, that that's how dramatic it is, but it didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my point to this is, you know, you're, this is a journey. This is not a magic pill, right? This is not, well, just tell me how to do it and I'll do it. Okay. Because we were so rooted in who we were, that we couldn't see who God wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the the negativeness, um, truly, I think the opposite of being thankful is being negative because nothing's enough. Mm-hmm. Nothing's enough. And so God's got to change your heart. And that don't happen after overnight. Right. And that takes time. And... So it's one of those things when you start looking at think why I'm not thankful, man, that is a big bag of possibilities. And the problem is you can't see them. Your spouse may be able to see them, but you ain't going to listen to that because they're just picking on you. <laughs> it's got to be something God's got to reveal to you over time. And so I, I think really, you know, diving down to why we're not thankful, we could go on for half an hour of why we're thankful and everybody mm-hmm. goes, well, that's great. Right. But the reason for this podcast is for, for us to help you change your projection, trajectory of where you're going and see that you're not alone. And we've already walked that road and that wishing for more. You, you, you need to understand that that's a dead-end road. Wishing I had a new car, wishing I had a bigger house, wishing I had a spouse, a spouse wishing I've had blah, 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 um, be, because you're not thankful for what you already have. Mm-hmm. And you're wanting a genie in a bottle called God that you yes. can rub and say, fix this. Mm-hmm. And that's not how this works. It's about relationship, like Susan said. It's it's about getting to know. And I say this a lot. When, when I talk about relationship with God, what that means is when you started dating your spouse, did you only want to see him one week, uh, one hour a week? No, you wanted to talk to him all the time. You wanted to be with him all the time. You wanted, that's how you build a relationship. And God's the same way. Going to church once a week or going to a revival once every month is not a relationship. 
That is you trying to do just barely enough for God to genie out of the bottle, do all these miracles you want so you can go and live a better life without God. Well, and I think too, you know, um, God it molds us and shapes us. He is the potter, we are the clay. And I think a lot of times we get hung up in, or we don't see any fruit from our, you know, church experience or revival experience or whatever. And, you know, David and I've talked a couple of times about how following revivals or whatever, and those are not, we're not saying by any means that that's wrong or that you shouldn't go and be fed, but you don't, um, when you're working on a relationship when you first started dating or whatever, um, you want to spend time with that person. You don't want to go out and be around a lot of people and them, you know, tell you how great your relationship is and tell you, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. It's working on that relationship when, when it gets to be an intimate relationship, it's between you and that other person. And that's the way our intimate relationship should be with Christ. It's between us and Christ. And it doesn't happen overnight. It is not a rub the bottle, boom, you're going to be changed. It's not about why doesn't God bless me in this? Why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that? Because it doesn't happen overnight. His timing is better than our timing. We don't understand it sometimes. You know, we're getting, we've got some things that God's, you know, kind of working to that he spoke to David about. And, and we realize that it's not going to happen tomorrow. That it's going, there's got to be a lot of things that fall into place. There's got to be a lot of changes that happen. And our, what God's asking us to do is to not go out and try to make it happen, but to allow him to let it happen in his timing, the way he wants it done. Because then when he does it, the outcome is going to be much better than when we do it or try to do it. Right. And that's the thing is we, we know some people that go to revival, get hyped up. It's kind of like the old marriage conferences. We would go to a marriage conference, have a beautiful weekend. It's going to be wonderful. And then Monday morning, the world slaps us. Mm-hmm. And by Wednesday, about everything we learned at the marriage conference, we'd quit. And by Friday, we didn't even remember going to a marriage conference. Right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of that thing. God will reveal things to you at those times, but it's what do you do with it from there? Mm-hmm. What what does it look like moving forward from there? And and they're, they're definitely not bad, but they're not the only thing. And, and I think that that's, um, God can do miraculous things. Uh, I truly believe in, and really, if he can create the universe, mm-hmm. he can take care of anything you need. Right. But I think it's also one of those things that it's not by works, but it is by relationship. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, I think of James 1, 2, we were talking about it this morning, going through trials of many kinds and having pure joy. But it also says if you need wisdom, pray for wisdom. But if you doubt, mm-hmm. you should get expect nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's what I mean by relationship. It's no different than your spouse in the sense of you've got to learn to trust them. Well, you don't learn to trust them by not being with them, not learning who they are. And, 
you know, Susan was talking earlier, the reason why, and God could have changed me overnight, but then I would have expected it every time I prayed, change mm-hmm. me, bam, genie's fixed. Now I can go on. I screw up again. Change me again. He had changed my heart. Yes. He had to change the past and get to where I could accept the past, forgive through the past. And it was about me changing, not God changing. And I think sometimes we think that God needs to change. He needs to do dot, dot, dot for us. um, When really he's wanting to say, you know, I, I want you back to who you were born to be. Mm-hmm. I want you back to who, what plan I had for you when you were born. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that without um, reading the Bible, trying to, and I struggle reading, so that's a, a whole nother story, but really trying to figure out um, praying without ceasing, trying to, and not wanting, not, oh God, give me this, give me this, give me this. It's really uh, with what you're thankful for. If you want to change your life, start really looking at what you're thankful for. And as simple as hot water. Mm-hmm. It may be that simple. I, one guy called me last week wanting to know if we had a rental house because somebody was living in their car. Um, if you're living in your car, start being thankful for having your car. Yes. Mm. I mean, you have to start somewhere. And I guess that's kind of my point in thinking through what we've been talking about is you have to start somewhere. And um, it's one of those things that most people just assume God fix them the way they are and not change me at all, just change my circumstances. And I'm really kind of perfect the way I am. And I have bad news. You're not. Yeah, and I just think, you know, as we kind of wrap up that um, there's always, I don't care how destitute life may seem and how horrible, whatever you're going through, there's always something to be thankful for. God has a purpose for each and every person. Yes. And he wants each and every person to come to a saving relationship with him that's his desire that's why we were created is to tell other people about him and his goodness and so i just um you know as we go into this season just be mindful of the things that we have to be thankful for i pray that you all are blessed um, by our podcast sometimes it seems really chaotic and and not really effective Um, but we pray that it is, we pray that it doesn't fall on deaf ears and, um, we pray that that at least somebody gets a little nugget out of it. And I just, you know, hope that you guys have a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving and just be mindful of, um, how blessed you really are. Yeah. Figure out how to be thankful during this time to be thankful and, uh, like I said, it's it's one of those <coughs> excuse me, it's one of those things that it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a choice, whether it be with God, whether it be with being thankful, it's you have to start something different. Yeah. Guys, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, regardless of the situation or the circumstances, or even if you gotta work. I hope you have a great day. 
and we love you and uh, just share this with a friend. We'll see you later.